Would you go to Matthew, please, this morning? Matthew 16, and let's uh, pray and join our faith. How many believe the Lord could speak something important to your heart this morning? Yes. Answer questions you have, give you direction in life, solve something maybe that you've been bothered about for a long time. You know, you, you stumble because you're in the dark. <laughs> right? You're unsure because you're in the dark. When you have light, it's all plain. It's all clear. You know what to do. No more confusion. Father, in the name of Jesus, all of us here this morning are looking to you. Our eyes are on you. To show us what to do, when and how, your ways, your righteous ways. We acknowledge your Holy Spirit, our teacher, Thank you that the unction, the anointing teaches us is truth and no lie. Grant everybody, all of us, eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts open and receptive. Let there come right now answers to questions, solutions to problems, direction and help for right now. And we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. And we'll not be hearers only. By your grace, we'll be doers of the word. And we know as we do, we will be blessed because you are so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives when we do it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 16. For a few weeks now, we have been on the subject we're calling the church. Everybody say the church. The church. And this is our main text in Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He said, Who are they saying I am? And we've talked about this, but I want us to go further into it today. How you answer that question determines whether you are lost or saved. Everybody on the planet. Everybody. Everywhere. How you answer that question. Who is he? Who is Jesus? How you answer that question determines whether you are saved or lost eternally. The Bible said, they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Are different groups still saying different things today about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. There are other religions that acknowledge Jesus as one of the prophets. Hmm? There are other religions that acknowledge Jesus as one of God's expressions. A good man, good teachings for life, a good example of humanity. But if that's all you believe, you're lost. Hmm? Now, you know, there are people that will say, well, y'all are just narrow, narrow. You're narrow. What about the oneness of God and the great fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man? 
Who said there was such a thing? Well, Brother Keith, we're all brothers. No, we're not. Jesus said there's two families in the earth. There's the family of Satan. And there's the family of God. Someone said, aren't there three or four? No, there's two. There's two families. Well, there's several families, aren't there, Brother Keith? Two. Everybody falls into one of these two. Saved, not saved. Family of God, family of the devil. Now, a lot of folk don't like it that plain. They, no, Brother Keith, there's this and there's that. No, Jesus said to some of the most religious people of his day, doctors of the law, he said, you are of your father, the devil. Hmm? He said, you must be born again to Nicodemus. You must, everybody say it out loud. You must be born again. Say it again. You should be. Huh? Some folks should be. What? You must be born again. It's not optional. You must be in order to be saved. Now he said, okay, but what, who do you say I am? Some say this, some say that, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Glory to God. That's the right answer. How many in here believe that very same thing? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now Christ, you know, means the anointed one, but they also knew the Messiah, the fulfillment of prophecy, the one who was to come. Do you have to believe that to be saved? Yes, you do. Now he went on to say, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, Petros, a piece of rock that, you know, could be carried. And upon this rock, Petra, another word, a rock like a mountain. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Glory to God. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Amplified says it like this. The gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it. It what? The church. The gates of hell shall not be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. There's more than one thing involved when it says the gates of hell shall not prevail. Well, hell is encompassed and ensnared millions. And the powers of hell have blinded millions on the planet today. They're in prison. And the gates are closed. 
But the gates can't hold out against the advancement of the church. And the proclamation of the good news is, you've been set free. Come out of there. (laughs) And hell can't hold them in. Oh, somebody get happy about that. Now, I mean, hell cannot, I don't care if a man or woman is as low as a man or woman can go. And got 3,900 demons on top of them and in them and around them. And they see the glorious light of the gospel. And they believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. All of hell can't keep them from being born again and breaking out of that bondage. Glory to God. The church. Somebody say the church. The church. The church will prevail. Overall, some of the church is in heaven. Some of the church is on the earth. The book of Acts is the story of the beginnings of the church. You and I are still writing the story. And this story shall never end. His kingdom, his church shall never end. He's going to rule and reign in his kingdom forever through his church, through his body. Is it true? He is the king of? Who's the kings? Who's the king? I see them. He is the Lord of? Lords. Who's the lords? Who are the kings? Who are the lords that he's king of and lord of? It is the ecclesia. It is the called out ones. The called, the chosen and called together ones. The church. And against this church. All the powers of hell and darkness cannot hold out against it. Cannot prevail over it. Cannot be successful. Jesus is building his church. Now, we took some time, and if you weren't with us, it might behoove you to get the previous DVDs or whatever, download it for free off the internet. We talked about what is the church. And we saw technically, it literally means those called out, or those called, but not just called out from, called together. We've been called out, we've been chosen. That may not mean as much to us now as it will later on, but I'm telling you. How many remember Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Huh? I know one time um, the Lord was dealing with me about my life and earlier parts in the ministry. And, and I was thinking, well, you know, I answered the call. And he said, yeah, after what? And he began to show me time after time that he had dealt with me and he had led me and dealt with me and wouldn't leave me and wouldn't leave me alone in my ignorance. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I had some ideas. I had some plans, little pitiful plans, little, oh, little half a thimble full, pitiful ideas. 
and plans for my life. And thank God he wouldn't leave me alone. Thank God the Holy Spirit kept on dealing with me, showing me, revealing to me, helping me. Hmm? He chose me. He chose you. There are many are called. Few are chosen. Not nearly as many that are called will respond and will answer the call and follow through on the call. But we're called out of this world, out of the other things we're in the world, but not of the world. We're called out of it and we're called together. Now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. If there is no unity, there is no church. We're not just called out of, we are called together. Everybody say together. together. Say it out loud. Called, called together. together. Say it again. Called together. That's another word for church. The called together ones. You know, the Bible talks about this in numerous places, but in Hebrews, I'll just read it to you. He said that we are not. To forsake the assemblings of ourselves together. You remember that? The NIV says, let us not give up meeting together. Meeting how? Meeting together. Assembling together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're called together. To believe together. To hook together. To pray together. To work together. To hear the word of God together. Now there are millions of believers. Who feel like they can be just as good a Christian as anybody. Sitting home watching the TV by themselves. Or reading their Bible by themselves. Or praying by themselves. But how could you be a good Christian and ignore the Bible. That charges you straightly. Don't forsake. The what? The assembling. The gathering of yourselves together. We need to get together. There are things that happen when we get together that don't happen any other way. Hmm? We need to come in and rub elbows and breathe the same air. (laughs) And hear the same word as it falls off the lips. Hmm? Thank God for all the things we got now. All the tapes and CDs and everything else and delayed this and that. But if you want to be under the spout where the glory is coming out, (laughs) you've got to be in the chair where the Lord told you to be. You can miss God by not going to a meeting. You know, so many things. Well, the Lord's always requiring us to operate by faith. You remember concerning Saul when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. Remember what the Lord told him? Go into the city and it will be told you. Why can't you tell me out here on the road, Lord? <laughs> Reckon the Lord knows it yet or is the Lord still trying to figure it out? And he needs time. for. No. Hmm? Why can't you tell me on the road? No, there are places of hearing. There are places and situations and combinations of anointings and combinings of faith where things are not going to come out and they're not going to come out that way and they're not going to come out to you and for you that way unless you are where you're supposed to be with who you're supposed to be 
When you're supposed to be there. Go into the city and it will be told you. Ah, it's happened in our life again and again. Go over here and do this. Why? You don't know. But if you have any faith, just do it. Be here. Be a part of this. Do this. Be over there. Do this. And if you're at the right place at the right time. Like he told you to be. Then you're going to get everything that he intended that you get. If you want to be rebellious. And do your own thing. Hmm? I don't need anybody else. Just me and Jesus. Just me and Jesus. That's all I need. <laughs> don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Believers should be a part of a church family. And families should fellowship with each other. In the church. Church families fellowship with each other. Thank God for the church. Now Jesus is doing what with his church? Hmm? He said, on this rock, on what rock? There's some groups that try to say that the rock is Peter. Huh? Absolutely not. There's two different words used here. Besides that, you don't build a doctrine just on one scripture or one half of a verse. If it's truth, you're going to see it in other places and other verses. Listen to these verses. 1 Corinthians 10.4 says, that rock was Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For other foundation can no man lay than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Who's the foundation? Jesus. Jesus. Who's the rock? Jesus Jesus is the rock. Ephesians 2.20 says, You are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. What's this church built on? It's built on Jesus. That was the revelation they were talking about. Who do men say that I am? You are the Christ. Amen. You're the son of God. You're the Christ, son of the living God. Now, uh, go with me, if you would, over to the book of, uh, let's see, Psalms and Colossians. Can you find two places at once? Go to Psalm 133 and go to Colossians 1. We are the called together ones. Called and chosen. But called together. And here is the question though. What is it that unifies us? What is it that ties us together? There's a lot of talk about unity, but not nearly as much manifestation of it. Hmm? And and I'm not just talking about recently, I'm talking about through the years, through the centuries. There's been movements for unification. Hmm? And joining together. We're all going to get together. And some people have gotten together a little bit, but by and large, it hasn't happened that much. Now... I believe it must happen because I believe Jesus prayed that it would, that we would all be one, even as he and the father are one. I believe he prayed it in faith. I believe he and the father are in faith for this. And so it must happen. It must come to pass. But I can see just in my small understanding how people miss it. 
trying to unify around things that are not the rock. Hmm? Trying to unify around things that are not the foundation, that are not the rock. We know in part. That includes everybody you know. There is nobody that you know, no minister, no preacher, no pastor, nobody you know who's right about everything. It includes you. Why? Because you only know. If Paul, the man of God that had such revelation, if he said, we know in part, where does that leave a lot of other folks then? They just know part of the part. Of the part. Well then what does that mean? There's these, all these other parts you don't know. That's right. And it's all the things you don't know is where you can miss it. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Just out of ignorance. Right. We're here for such a short time. The Lord showed me something here recently that's helped me and ministered to me. I've asked him just personally and privately. I said, Lord, because I'd see terrible stuff. I said, Lord, how do you tolerate that? Because you, I mean, if something bothers you, it's because he's in you. And if something seems terribly amiss and substandard to you, it's because we're learning something of his holiness and purity and righteousness. But how much more him who is completely pure? The tragedy, the death, the deception, the cruelty, the curse, it's not right. And I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do you tolerate it? And he helped me to see recently, he said, it's so brief, Keith. It's so brief. Now, see, we think a hundred years of life is a long time, but it's not. From God's perspective, one way he can tolerate it is because no matter how bad it might be, nobody has to endure it for very long. Hmm? So it's years and years. That's nothing. And it seems like a long time when you're in it. But it is very, very, very brief. Hmm? You and I are so young. <laughs> we know so little. We've been here such a brief amount of time. And for, you know, I mean, right away, we'll all be out of here. And if the Lord hadn't come yet, there'll be a new crew. They'll be shouting and praising God, talking about, but we'll be out of here. If he, if somebody says, well, he's coming right away, I believe it. But if he tarries half a day, we won't be around to see it. <laughs> day with the Lord's like a thousand years. You going to be around another 500? I don't think so. <laughs> if he tarried an hour or two. And we do want everybody to get saved that can get saved, right? We, that's why he's waiting. He has long patience for the whole fruit and harvest of the earth. And we want everybody to get saved that can. So, yes, we want him to come, but yes, we want everybody to get saved too. Aren't you glad he's in charge of these things? And not somebody that go off half cock and do something too early or wait too long. He, he'll do it exactly right. Exactly right. Where are you? I'm not quite ready to go there. 
Uh, go to Ephesians. Now, don't, if you can hold all those places, hold them, because my plan is to go there, maybe sooner than later. But go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. What's more important to the Lord that's happening in the earth than building his church? Now, it should be obvious, but there are people confused about this. You hear people all the time saying, what's God doing now? You know, nearly every program you go on, especially a TV interview or radio, nearly everyone, people want, they, they throw the mic in your face and go, what's God doing now, Brother Keith? Well, he never changes. Well, people don't like that answer. Oh, yeah, I know that, but you know what I mean. What's the hot topic now? He never changes. His interest doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't vary. He's building his church. And I don't believe there is anything happening in the world that's more important to him than that. Do you? What would it be? Why would it be? The church that he has bought, purchased with his own blood. Did you hear me? There's nothing that I can see in the Word or anywhere else that is more important to Him than this. So what should be most important to you and me? The church. Building the church. And every time you see somebody that's not saved, you ought to think, building materials. (laughs) Building materials. Because when the last... Living stone is sealed into place by the Holy Spirit. We're out of here. That's what everything is going towards. Everything else is just going to fade away. All the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord. Hmm? None of these nations are going to make it out and continue. There's going to be no U.S. of A. Did you hear me? It's going to be the kingdom of God. And that's it. That's it. And it's going to be those that were born again and in the kingdom and those who were not. And that's it. In Ephesians 4, he said, verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of what? Unity of what? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Skip down in the chapter to verse 13. He says, till we all come in the unity of what? Unity of the faith and of the knowledge of what? The Son of God. Our faith is in Him. He did not say till we all come in unity of doctrine. Unity of understanding of the doctrines. Not going to happen. I said it's not going to happen. We are never going to agree doctrinally on everything in this life. It's not going to happen. Trying to achieve it is vanity. Trying to get everybody to conform to your doctrinal beliefs, vanity. Trying to get all the groups together to agree together doctrinally, vanity. 
But what do we all have in common? Jesus. Oh, come on. Don't make light of this. Don't pass over this quickly. What do we all have in common? What's the one thing you can't be a Christian without? <laughs> you can't be a Christian without the Christ. Right? The Christ. And we can believe. And all have faith in Him. And all have love for Him. And all submit to Him. The best we know. And walk in the light that we have. And if I know you love the Lord like I do. And I know you believe in Him like I do. That ought to be enough for me. To call you brother. Sister. If we don't agree on healing. Well okay. If we don't agree on prosperity. Well okay. We don't agree on prophecy, you know, scriptures. Well, okay. But we agree on this. There's one way to God. Jesus. This is what the church is built on. The rock. (laughs) Glory to God. The Christ. The son of the living God. This is what we're built on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 133, you got that? Psalm 133. He said in this psalm, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Mm, It's sweet. What's the opposite of that? Strife, division, fussing, fighting, arguing, being hurt, being mad, being upset. The Lord spoke to me very strongly a number of years ago and charged me to allow zero strife in the ministry that I was over. And then later in the church that we're over. I mean charged me. And he spoke this to my heart. He said, strife is the manifest presence of the devil. It is the atmosphere of hell. It's not just the heat that makes hell, hell. It's the company. (laughs) It's the atmosphere. Hmm? What makes heaven, heaven? What is the atmosphere of heaven? It's God. And God is called the God of peace. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of peace. When God's in manifestation, there's peace. The Bible said He's not the author of confusion. Literally, it just says He's not in it. God is not in confusion. You see a bunch of confusion and strife and agitation. God is not in it. I don't care how many scriptures they're quoting. I don't care if they're talking in tongues. God is not in it. When God's in manifestation, peace that passes understanding. Glory to God. Makes you want to slide down in your chair and go, ooh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Makes you relax and be at peace. There's healing in that peace. Freedom for your mind. Somebody say peace. Peace. How good. And pleasant it is 
When brethren dwell together in unity. Now look, he gives us a picture of it though. He describes it. It is like. What is like? Brethren dwelling together in unity is like this. It's like the precious ointment. Somebody say ointment. Ointment's a type of the Holy Spirit. A type of the anointing. It's like the ointment. Where? On the head. Notice he didn't start with the feet. Let's get the feet together and let's work on getting the hands together and let's see if we can get the elbows together some way and knees together and hmm, let's get this group together and let's get that group together and we got to get everybody together. Work on getting this solved and getting that solved. You don't achieve unity by working on getting body parts together. Well, I'm getting some funny looks across the crowd. Hmm? Nope. Unit, this anointing of unity. This anointing and unity starts from the head. I said it starts from the head. The head. Everything produces after its own kind. Doesn't it? You know, you and your wife fight like cats and dogs. Don't be surprised. You got strife among your kids. Huh? Pastors fuss and fight and, and break furniture and throw dishes. Don't be surprised. You got strife all through your church. Your ministry. Hmm? He said the ointment on the head. Somebody say on the head. On the head. That ran down on the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Didn't start at the bottom. Where did it start? At the head. And it flows over everything that's connected to the head. What unifies us? What brings us together? What holds us together? It's our faith in our head. It's our love for our head. It's our submission to our head. Can you say amen? Amen. Don't assume you know all this already. Now there's light here. There's revelation here. Are you believing with me? There's answers here that whole movements and whole groups for centuries have been unable to achieve. And here's the answers of how to get it. How to do it right here. We don't run here and there and try to get everybody to agree on everything. Never going to happen. But we don't have to. I guarantee you, you could take everybody in this church right here this morning and everybody watching my internet and TV. And you could push and press doctrinal questions and issues between people, friends, families, and you find things they don't agree about. And you could just push it and push it and push it and push it until they're looking at each other going, no, no, I told you no. I don't agree. I don't believe that. No. I said no. You could do that with anybody in here, every one of us in here. And if we pushed that hard enough, none of us would have come together this morning. If that's the only thing we thought about and the only thing we talked about, I'm not going sitting by them. I don't agree with them. I'm not sitting in front of them. I'm not sitting behind them. No, I don't agree with them. I don't agree with them. I don't agree with them. Well, where are you going to go, though? 
where everybody agrees with everything with everybody else. You cannot find such a place on the planet. Hmm? But we all came out. Even though we don't agree on everything, we all came out and most of us smiling. Huh? Glory to God. Why? We agree on this. He is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. Faith in him is the only way. Only way. Only way. And we believe in him. How many raise your hand without hesitation and say, I love the Lord with all my heart. You raise your hand and say, I believe in Jesus with all my heart. You raise your hand and you say, I submit to the Lordship of Jesus. He is my Lord. He only. Glory to God. Well, that's enough to get us all out here together this morning. That's enough. Keep us coming back. And if we got some sense and some maturity, we don't push lesser issues to the point of division. Hmm? You know, it's not the wedge that splits the log. Hmm? <laughs> it's whoever keeps hitting it. Somebody says, there's a crack in that log. There's a difference. There's a split. Okay. Common. Common to see splits in logs. Well, I don't, I, there's a split right there. Look at there. Prunk. It's a split. Prunk, prunk. And just keep beating on it. And just keep beating on it. And just keep beating on it. Just keep pushing it. And pushing it. I have a duty. I have a duty. You ain't the Holy Ghost police. Who assigned you doctrine police? There ain't no such thing. I have a duty. I have a duty to correct them. To correct them. Oh. One of the ugliest things in the body. Is people's dogged determination to correct each other. No, no, no. You're wrong on that. And I'm going to make you see it. <laughs> we ain't leaving here till you agree with me. That's mighty presumptuous. How much do you think you know? For every part you know, there's a bunch of parts you don't. We could fill the ocean with volumes on what you don't know. Go to Colossians, please. It's wonderful for brethren to dwell together in unity. What is it like? Hmm? It's like the precious ointment that does what? It flows over the head. Somebody say the head. The head. The head. And as it flows over the head, it, this anointing, this precious ointment that is like... Uh, the unity that is like the anointing, it flows over all the rest of the body to the skirts of the garment. But it flows over and from the head. Colossians, the first chapter. Colossians 1 and 17. He, talking about Jesus, is before all things. And by him all things consist. 
And he is the what? The head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He has the preeminence in how many things? Over how many things? Who's number one? He is. We don't need to forget this. We need to remind ourselves repeatedly. Well, what's important to him? His church. Building his church. He said, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now go to the second chapter. Colossians 2 and 18. He said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And verse 19, what? Oh, get this. What was the real problem? Not holding the head. They got distracted. And they're focusing on something and somebody besides the head. That's going to cause problems every time. Not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. That's another way of saying he's building his church. It's increasing. It's being added to. But you got to hold to the head. Somebody say hold to the head. Hold to the head. The enemy's subtle. He's crafty. He wants to distract you. He wants you to turn loose of the head and pursue something else. And say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But you know, the Lord's doing this right now. Hold to the head. Hold to the head first and foremost. Don't talk about anything or anybody more than you do him. Huh? Huh? Don't get distracted. Hold to the head. Somebody say hold to the head. head. Say it again. Hold to the head. Hold to the head. head. What's more important than people getting saved and the church being built? Is there anything more important than that? Is that our emphasis? New people coming in. And people that's already in getting built up. Right. Hmm? Both of them result in the church being built. Right. right? New people coming in and being built up. The people that's already in being built up. He said, let's read it again. As you, if you're holding to the head from him, like we read in Psalm 133, from which, from the head, all the body by the joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of of God. How's the church going to be built? Not, not just in your local area. Not just in your town. How is the church throughout the whole earth going to be built? By you and me and this church and other churches in this town and in this city and on other continents. Holding to the head. Holding to the head. Holding to the head. 
Talking about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Come on now. It's all about him. Holding, holding on to the head. It's Jesus. What's he interested in? Building his church. What's the church built on? Him. 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 And beware of building other things other than the church. Now let me go to some scriptures that we all know. But I just want to remind you of it. We sometimes have not thought about what an issue this is. But the Bible says in Luke 20. You don't turn there. I'll read this to you. Why don't you go to John 3. John 3. While you're turning I'll read this to you. Luke 20 says. He said the stone which the builders rejected. Has become the head of the corner. Whoever will fall on that stone will be broken. On whomsoever it shall fall. It will grind him to powder. What stone? What rock? Hmm? What if you ignore Jesus? What if you don't believe in Jesus? What if you reject Jesus, say he's not the Savior, he's not the Messiah? Or what if you say, I don't know if he is or not? Hmm? You're not saved. He said, the stone which the builders rejected, he is a rock of offense to many. People become irate with us going, well, there are many ways to God. And we say, nope. One. Well, people that are sincere in their beliefs, if they're sincere, they're as sincere as you are. I can't be a Christian and believe there's any other way. If you believe there's other ways, you're not a Christian. You can't be a Christian. Because to be a Christian, you've got to believe the Christ. And the Christ says, no man can come to the Father except by me. There is no other way. And if you're offended, the Bible said in Isaiah 8, he said, he'll be your, for a sanctuary, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gin, for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Acts says, Acts 4.11, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, it's become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Don't think I'm just being redundant now. What happens if he is lifted up? What will happen? Draw. Draw. Where are they drawn from? What are they drawn to? If this one's over here and this one's over here and both of them are drawn to the Christ, what are they doing? Coming together. Huh? Coming together. Oh, glory. Can you see it? This one's coming to Christ. This one's coming to Christ. The closer you get to him, the closer you get to each other. It's not me trying to adapt to you. You're trying to adapt to me. Us trying to work out our differences and reach some kind of compromise. No, it doesn't work. It's not going to happen. Oh, but when you got your eyes on him, and I got my eyes on him, and we talk Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's the rock. He's the foundation. He's the Savior. He's everything. We're going to get closer and closer to each other. (laughs) Oh, 
because this anointing flows from the head. So whoever's holding on to the head, going to get some ointment. Get away from the head, you're going to get dry. Away from the head, no ointment. No ointment, you get dry and squeaky. (laughs) And rusty. And you move slower and slower until you're rusted and froze and stuck. Oh, but when you got the ointment. It's like one old preacher kept talking about the ointment, the ointment, the ointment. And the younger fellow said, what do you keep talking about the ointment? What, what, what is that? He said, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know when it ain't. <laughs> and you can tell whether it's you or whoever it is, no ointment, dry, dead, nothing. How are we going to get together? How are we going to become one like Jesus and the Father are one? How are we going to combine our faith and our anointings and our resources to do the greatest things that have ever been done by the church, through the church, on the planet? How? 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 It will not happen by me adapting to you and you adapting to me. It won't happen by compromise and us working stuff. No, no, no. Holding to the head. Lift up your hand and say, holding to the head. Holding to the head. Holding to the head. Glory. Did you find John 3? I know you know these things, but I want to remind you of them. I want to put you in remembrance. What's more important than Jesus? Nothing. What's more important than the church? Nothing. To Jesus. Ask him what's most important to him. Ask him what he's building. What he's doing. Well he's building his church. How do you get in the church? One way. One way. John 3. John 3 and 35. The father. Loves the son. And has given all things to his hand. He that believes on the son. Has everlasting life. He that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Is that true or not? If you believe on the Son, you have everlasting life. What if you don't believe he's the Messiah? Hmm? Then you don't have life. Is this true for everybody that doesn't believe on the Son? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Go to John 5 and 23. 5, 23. He said that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son, what? Honors not the Father which has sent him. Can you say I don't believe in the Son and still honor the Father? Doesn't work. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. Go with me to 1 John, please. What's going to unify us? What's going to bring us together? 
I'm holding on to the head. You're holding to the head. We're talking about the head. The head, the head. The head, not me, not you, the head. Not Baptist, not Lutheran, not Catholic, the head. The head. Not Word of Faith, not Pentecostal, the head. The head. The head. Not do you believe like we do. Do you believe in Him? Do you believe in the head? You believe in the head. You love the head with all your heart. You have faith in the head. Submit to the head. The more I do that, the more you do that, the closer we're going to get together. The more all the churches do it, the closer the church is going to get together. You keep singing the same song, everybody's going to learn the words. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll all be singing together. But what song should we sing? The Baptist song? The Word of Faith song? The Catholic song? What song should we sing? No, we should sing the song about the head. The song of the Lamb. Oh, the song of the rock that the church is built on. That's it. First John 2. First John 2 and 23. First John 2, 23. Are you here? Whoever denies the Son, what? The same has not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also, the King James says. Can you have the Father without the Son? Not according to this. If you deny the Son, you don't have the Father. Go on to uh, the fifth chapter. 1 John 5 and 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And this is the witness of God which he has testified of his Son. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. But he that believes not God has made him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and his life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God. Huh? Gets to the father other ways. Has not life. There are a lot of things that are optional. You can go to heaven and not believe in healing. You can go to heaven and not believe in speaking in tongues. You can go to heaven and not believe in prosperity. You can go to heaven and believe all kinds of things about prophecy. Did you know a lot of things in prophecy are going to happen the right way no matter what you believe about them? <laughs> a lot of things. But there is something that is not optional. You must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You must believe that. Otherwise, you are lost. Don't care who you are. Don't care where you come from, what you think. Your education, your color, your background, your language, your nationality makes no difference. If you don't believe in Jesus, you are not saved. Is it true or not? There is no other name. Hmm? 
No other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What is the Great Commission? It's another way of describing building the church. Go into all the world. Do what? To where? Go where? Everywhere. Every nation. Every people. Every tongue. Everybody. And proclaim to them the good news. What good news? What's the good news? Good news is Jesus has come. Jesus has come. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. He took his sins, our sins upon him. He hung on the tree. He paid the price. He rose from the dead. Glory to God. Now what did it go on to say? He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. What exceptions are there to those that don't believe? Are there exceptions? There are no exceptions. If you believe on him, you have life. If you don't believe on him, you don't have life. He that has the son has the father also. If you don't have the son, you don't have the father. Are you with me? This is not optional. You must believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe this or not? Is there anything more important than this? Huh? Is this the rock? Is this the rock that the church is built upon? The truth, the revelation that all men must receive or else be damned, be cursed, be lost. Hallelujah. Well, today's a good day to reaffirm your faith in the rock. Today's the day. If you're watching my TV, watching my internet, you say, well, I I hadn't really known about. Well, you need to decide right now and quit messing around. He is, he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the rock. He is, he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Oh, glory to God. He is the one who's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the lamb, the spotless lamb who's able to open up the books. It's his book that your name has to be in. The Lamb's book of life. And he knows those who are his. Stand up on your feet please. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.